Hello, everyone. You caught me trying to find a verse. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun. Yes. Um, do you do you ever like know know what it says, but then you're like, hmm, location, location, location. <laughs> it matters. It does. It does matter a little bit to be able to at least direct people where to go and find the information you're talking about. Uh, hello, Lisa from Connecticut. Welcome, welcome. We miss you dearly. I, I think I miss you more around Christmas. I think that's true. Um, I think maybe you just like, I don't know, does Christmas make you nostalgic? No. Do you get caught up in nostalgia ever? Me? Yeah. No. Oh. So, well, that's not true. It, yes, in certain contexts, I do. Okay. Um, but it, it, it's it like you're talking about uh, Miss and Lisa and nostalgia there. That's that's more what it's about. You know, like I get nostalgic about time in the army in thinking about the people I served with, and so yes, yes, same but different. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so anyway, hey, if you're on with us this morning, just pop in the comments and 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 tell us good morning, okay, or good afternoon, wherever it is that you're coming from. But um, we, we welcome you. We're going to jump right in because it's kind of a big topic that, that we're diving into this morning. We have been in a foundation series since September, and God really put some parameters on us the end of August, we had been somewhat reeling and and needing some um, some grounding in in very specific areas, and and so God was really clear and kind. I love it when He's clear because to me that is kindness. Is I love clarity, and um, and really laid out what it was that He wanted us to pursue. From the beginning of September to the end of the year, including um, a very specific measure on worship, which has been at times the the best and at other times, (laughs) like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) However, we are we are content to obey. And um, and so this foundation series has. has really taken us to so many different places that I feel are really important. And, um, you know, one of my favorites so far is the camp life. I, I feel like that was just kind of this really eye opening teaching that you really had to like allow yourself to feel all the things that that were going on, and, um, and and I have this this picture just etched in my memory of how they even set up camp and and what that meant and and all of that. I don't know. Do you have a favorite week so far? You've taught the majority of them. <laughs> I, I don't know that I have a favorite week. I think my favorite part each week is recapping it, just to be able to help solidify this as foundations. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know that I have a, a favorite week. I, I think, I think my favorite week is still to come. Uh, probably going to be that last one. Yeah. So. Yep. 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 So right now we are, if you have not been keeping up, we are in the sevenfold spirits 
uh, spirit of God and um, taken straight out of Isaiah 11. And um, so far we have done the spirit of the Lord, wisdom and understanding. And, and just so you know, those are all available on our YouTube channel and they are also available on our podcast. So you are most welcome to go and refresh yourself on those if you did not catch it already. So, and the on YouTube, they're grouped so nicely in a playlist. Thank you for doing that. That I love that. I love organization. Um, so we thought that it would be a good idea to, to jump in and um, talk a little bit more about the Spirit of the Lord, wisdom, and understanding. And um, just to, to say more, I mean, like, I, I feel like so many of these things we are, we're in the shallows on and, um, and have not even scratched the surface of, of what this all means. And, and I'm, I'm going to say one more thing and then I'll hand it over to you. This is why we need to behold the lamb. This is why we need to not be distracted by other things right now. We need to, to really center ourselves in being content to, to be wrapped up in the lamb of God, the, the only one found worthy. The, the fact that the, the image in Revelation 5 is laid out where the lamb of God has seven eyes and seven horns, and there are seven spirits. Ah, we need to pay attention. We need to be attend to be paying attention and and to lock eyes with the Lamb of God, so we have a better understanding of what all is ours as kingdom people, as those who are called out to carry the the government of heaven. We are ambassadors for Christ, and I just don't think that we've done a good job at at representing the kingdom of heaven. Good morning, Robin. All right. Jump in, Vince. It, you mentioned just scratching the surface. Yes, we are just scratching the surface. You can't um, just rest and rely on the the revelation that's given on on a Sunday morning. There has to be some deeper exploration on our own, and and that's where you're going to get into those real depths uh, throughout the week, and and that has to be a part of this as well. And and that's something we keep pushing with this foundation series is, is get in, get in, talk to Holy Spirit, get into the word, read these things, ask questions, what's going on. And so, um, yes, we are only scratching the surface on Sunday. There is no way we could get into the, the super deep depths in, uh, in even a couple of hours. Uh, and, you know, so yes, we are just scratching the surface, get in there, dig deep. Uh, so, all right. Uh, Isaiah 11.2 says, And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. When you look at the perspective of the ancient Israelite, they would have been looking for this person that fit all of these things. Yeah. And if you uh, remember back when we talked about the spirit of the Lord, this, this resting upon was not a temporary thing. This was uh, in the original Hebrew it meant permanent. And so that's something that, that the ancient Israelite would have been, would have been looking for. And then if we jump over to Matthew uh, 13, uh, starting in verse 53, it says, 
And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there and coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And in, in John 1, starting in verse 29, it says, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sends me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. When the people talked about the wisdom of Jesus's teaching and heard John the Baptist describe the spirit resting, descending and remaining on Jesus as a dove, the average first century Jew would recognize these things. They would pick up on it and say uh, and, and ask, could this be the Messiah prophesied about in Isaiah? And, and so I start thinking about these things, the perspective of this ancient Israelite, this perspective of the first century Jew. And I'm asking, what does this mean for us? You know, how does this recognition uh, of what an ancient Israelite was, was looking for in, in this prophecy for this person and, and what this the, the first century Jew was witnessing affect us today? What am I supposed to do with this information? How does this uh play a part in the foundations of Christianity. Uh, uh, if we're calling this the foundation series, how is this foundational to, to my journey with Jesus and his command to, for me to make disciples of the nations? But the better question in that is, how is this foundational to our journey with Jesus and his command for us to make disciples of the nations? I don't want to get, get away from oneness when we're asking these questions as well. But the first thing before we answer these, the first thing we have to see is that this is an indicator for us. The, these things are uh, a giant neon uh, arrow that's flashing and pointing to Jesus as the Savior. This is, after all, the, the running theme in the Foundation series. This is all pointing to him as the one where our search for meaning and purpose culminates. It's, it's all pointing to Jesus. And that may sound obvious, but it does need to be said. Uh, second, he is, he is the message that we are carrying in making disciples of the nations. He is the savior of us all, whether we want to accept it or not. It's, it's in the application of salvation where our belief comes into play. And if we look at John 3, starting in verse 14, it says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son 
that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. I, I absolutely love 17. Uh, we, we can't quote 16 and leave 17 off. It, it, it just, it has to be said in there. But getting back to, to Isaiah 11, 2 with this, what does this mean for us? This means that through our belief in the Son, sent by God to die for, for us, for our salvation, making us uh, uh, to have right standing with God, birthing us as new creations, and being resurrected, allowing us to, to have eternal life, we also have access to, to what was said would be on uh, the shoot from the stump of Jesse. John 1.33 says, uh, you know, he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. This is, this is what the end of that, that quote we looked at from, from John 1 talked about a minute ago. He who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. If we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, that means that the Spirit of the Lord rests permanently on us as well. If we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, that means that we have access to the Spirit of Wisdom. If we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, that means we have access to the Spirit of Understanding. And these are the ones we've talked about so far, but, but if we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we have access to all of these things that you read about in Isaiah 11.2. How does uh, this recognition of what the ancient Israelite was looking for and what the first century Jew uh, was witnessing affect us today? Well, when you start to really get into your Bible and, and, and read that and not hiding from, from the difficult things that you read, not shying away from the reality that there is an unseen realm and it does affect the seen realm, you, you may have the initial reaction that all of these people had. Like, this is, this is kind of shocking. This, this, is, this is, feels new. This, this is something that, wow, we are actually witnessing power and authority here. See, we have the luxury of, of time and distance, the, the, the benefit of, of scholarly work done through the centuries to look and, and evaluate these things. But we are sheltered in our modern age by science, what we can observe and prove. And this is somewhat robbed us of turning to God first. If, <clears throat> excuse me, if your first inclination when something comes up is to get loud in panic, or is it to get loud in prayer? What, what, what is your first inclination? The recognition of what an ancient Israelite and first century Jew uh, would have been looking for and seen should give us the same push to turn to God in prayer. That should be where we are pushed into. The difference for us as believers in Jesus, as the Christ, in, in is that we have the indwelling spirit of God, which means direct and immediate access to God. That is our advantage as the body of Christ, connection, not just with uh, direct and immediate access to God, but oneness with one another too. Uh, the more connected we are to one another, the more spiritually sensitive we are when one of us is in need of intercession or celebration. You know, bad things happen, we should be interceding on one another's behalf. 
good things happen, we should be celebrating and praising God. And, and even when bad things happen, you know, there, there should be an element of celebration of the opportunity to see God work and allowing us to, to bring glory to his name. And, and this has everything to do with why we are calling this the foundation series. It takes you to the nature and person of Jesus Christ, and it opens up for you what you have access to in the Spirit of God. The access that we are wanting to, to point you to and tell you that it is okay to use, this is what you have. We want each of you activated in the gifts and anointing given to you by God. And that necessitates us discussing these different things. Though. Remember that it is not just the person standing on the platform that has access to the spiritual. The same Holy Spirit resides in us, bringing gifts and forming us into one body from formerly dry bones, dead bones. And I say all that because some of us take more convincing than others that the unseen realm is a reality, that Holy Spirit does in fact live in them. We are indeed one body and do have access to operate in wisdom and understanding just as much as the most celebrated minister of the gospel. And you can fill in that person from history for yourself, whoever pops into your brain. We all have that same, <clears throat> excuse me, same level of access. And this is how this is foundational to our journey with Jesus and his command for us to make disciples of the nations. We have to be able to take the message of Jesus Christ as the one true and only way to God to the nations. We must do so in the authority and power of sons of the Most High that make up one body of Christ that is alive and upright. That means there is no power or principality that can occupy land where, where we are going because we are the sons of the Most High and every knee will bow to him and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. This is foundational because you must show up everywhere you go having spent time with Jesus, cultivating that, that intimate relationship and, and operating in wisdom and understanding, operating in the oneness of the body of Christ, operating not just in words, but also in power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. This is, is equipping for service. This is training to fulfill your mission. What are you supposed to do with this foundation series? Use it to make disciples of the nations. This is why we are going through this, to equip you and train you for your mission, for the service to Christ. That's what we're doing here. That's why this is foundational for you. Wow. I think we could we could just be done. <laughs> it's so good. And 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 I like that you said that you know pick pick whichever, you know, Bible persona that you want and you have that level of access. But the truth is is that we need to be looking at the level of access that Jesus laid hold of and realize we have that. That is what is available to us. Now he is the only one that that would have functioned without sin. He is the only one that had no 
other motivation other than making his father known on the earth. And so we need to be looking into the life of Jesus and understanding that we have that same level of access. And, and that that's the foundation that we stand upon. You know, we, we aren't starting at the beginning where, you know, we've been just kicked out of the garden. That's not where we start. Our start is on the foundation that, that Jesus laid. You know, there's many people that said that Jesus it came as an example of us, that, that he put humanity on display in fullness. And, and then he says things like, and greater works will you do. So the idea is to, to further the kingdom, to stretch it wider and further than, than he did. And, and so we, we have to realize that we have that same level of access that, that Jesus did and to do something with it. Let's not just be those who carry around knowledge, but let's be those who actually do something with the knowledge that, that God has gifted us. Um, another thing that, that I want to touch on is that, you know, if we weren't caught up in vain arguments we might actually get somewhere. We are we allow ourselves to to be caught up in the age-old argument of whether or not the gifts of the spirit, the the works of the spirit are for today. This is not an argument for us to engage in. We should not be caught up in such a low-level argument and what we should be doing is laying hold of what we know is available to us and putting the grandeur of the kingdom of heaven on display. Let's drop the argument about whether or not the, the, the works of the spirit are for today and let's just work them. <laughs> and this is what has kept us in the shallows. This is what has kept us locked up and, and barely, barely dipping a toe in, in what is available to us. You know, there we have ebbed and flowed as a people of God since Christ died. We have great works of God that have hit the earth, but nothing that is sustainable. And we have to be looking and wondering why? Why is it not sustainable? Why is something that is so freely given unsustainable for us as humanity? Where where is our humanity? in the way where are we not seeing the fullness that is available to us why are we getting caught up in low level arguments that honestly we're never going to win so why not just live it let's just put it on display rather than having the argument and and i think that that's where we're going we're we are moving into a time where god is requiring much of his people not just that we carry around a whole bunch of knowledge but that we put it on display that we live it out yes yes <laughs> yes I, this low level argument about the gifts of the spirit my my question that always kind of like bounces around in my head is why would they end why? I don't understand why they would end. And I think I understand how we have suppressed them. Um, and this is very simplistic understanding. And uh, so don't take this as a, a full weighted thing. But there is uh, an element of wanting to control people 
that yeah. has been throughout history. And this has come from a compromised motivation of, of greed and, and lust for power and, and materialism that seems to want to collect under one person. This is, this is what somebody is wanting to do. And so there is an element of control. And so uh, if everybody has access, if we are all able to operate in the spirit and, and the gifts that he's given and the anointing he has placed on us, then that removes that element of control and, and places the responsibility on each individual. And that is scary to some people. Don't want to to allow the the average everyday person, you know, in their in their mind, uh, um, to to be able to operate in these gifts. Because then, what control do they have? Where is their power? Where is their uh, uh, money that they're going to to be able to siphon off from these people for their own own greed and their own materialism? And, and so that's why. Why would they end? They wouldn't. They would, they would be suppressed by people who have a loud voice and, and some level, some small measure of authority to say, no, this only happens through this line of people and I'm one of them. So come to me, come get fed over here by me. And this is, this is where we wind up with these low level arguments that fracture the kingdom, keep us, uh, um, inept from being able to push out the principalities and powers that are occupying the lands that God has given us to occupy, who has given us the dominion to, to go over and, and, and wield as his sons. And, and we just, that we're, we're content to uh, kick around in a, a puddle and, and argument and sling mud at each other. And it's, it's pointless. It's absolutely pointless. So um, it, it's, it's a control issue and it all comes back to compromise. All of these things that we look at come back to compromise and, and, and we're not going to stop talking about that until it stops being a thing. Right. Right. And, and until we start calling it out and, and holding people accountable for what's going on and not accountable to, to separate them from the body, but for restoration, there's gotta be that reconciliation that goes on after repentance. Yeah. If there is not repentance, then that's a different matter. Yeah. And, and, and we know, I mean, scripture tells us that, that these things will not pass away until love has reached its fullness. And I, I don't know what eyes we are, we are looking through when we are, when we're saying that, that the, the gifts have passed away. The only way that they pass away or that they, they are no longer needed is when love has reached its fullness and we are not there. It is actually going to be our reliance on the spirit and the gifts therein that will allow us to get to that place. We will not be able to reach the fullness of love without them. We won't. We need to become very reliant on, on the works of the spirit. We need to be supercharged with the, the works of the spirit, with the power that, that the spirit releases on us. And that's why the, the Isaiah um, 11 chapter, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing, not just where it's laying out the sevenfold spirit of God, but the whole thing is so important because we, we don't, we don't understand the full measure of what, what is ours. And we need to, we need a better understanding of what we 
actually have access to and that we wouldn't become satisfied without all that has been offered to us is, is in, in a working manner. Yeah, this is, and, and to add to that, you know, uh, these things aren't going to go away and, and all of the gifts that he's given to include those that are, are set up to equip the saints, to equip all of his holy ones to do the work of the kingdom. That doesn't go away until we uh, attain uh, uh, unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Uh, you know, I, I'm just, just going to go out on a limb and say, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> we, have, we have in fact not arrived. <laughs> have in fact not arrived there yet. So, it, 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 yeah, and that's out of Ephesians 4, obviously. It's so, you know, we, we can't continue to have these petty arguments that uh, uh, keep us from doing our mission and, and our ultimate mission, regardless of, of what we know God is calling us into right now. Uh, it is it is a mission to make disciples of the nations, yeah. not disciples again to ourselves, but to Jesus. Exactly. And that's where know the everything. There, there's your big <laughs> neon arrow pointing back to Jesus again. There it is. Yeah, and, and we've made like especially in our Western culture, we've made Christianity about attaining the same level as the person out front, the person that that you can see. And the truth of the matter is, is that 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 is that the platform is a single facet of what's available. But we, we're all reaching for the same thing, and and it it it's it's really. Uh, diminishing the fullness of the kingdom when we're all reaching for the, the same facet of the display of the kingdom of God, that the platform is not going to go away. Let's say that it's not going to go away. That is, that is a space that God has called people to occupy for a reason. The platform is not going to go away. However, it is not intended to be the focal point of the kingdom of God. The lamb is, right? <laughs> the, the lamb of God is the only one found worthy and he is the only one that should be magnified by our thoughts and our deeds. And, and when we turn to magnify the, the single facet of the government of the kingdom of God, we are, we are in failure as the church. We have got to realize that there is, I always like to think of, of the kingdom and even the characteristic of God as a multifaceted diamond, that, that you're not actually going to have a complete understanding of the Lord until you start turning that thing and realizing that there is way more going on in the kingdom than just the role that you play or just the role that your favorite person in Christianity place. It is multifaceted. And until everybody is going to accommodate the call on their individual life, we are not going to see the facets, the multifacets that are available to us. So this is why it's so important that everybody rise up at the same time. Can yes. we stop with the, oh, well, this person until they die off, you know, we're, we're stuck. <laughs> We're stuck in this one paradigm of the kingdom. No, 
No, this is where we see moral failures happen is mm-hmm. when we idolize a single individual within an organization and we are not a well-rounded, balanced community of believers who are offering different facets of who the Lord is. Yeah, that platform person or the platform as a facet of this thing, it's not only just one facet, it's a very small facet. Because like we talked about at the beginning, where, where we are just scratching the surface with, with some of these things on, on Sunday in this foundation series, that is, is, is exactly what's happening with the platform. This is a very small uh, facet of this big thing. And, and as you, you decide to start turning this, this diamond around and looking at all the many facets of it, you have to, at the same time, take the time to, to zoom in on a facet. And then pull back out, find another one and zoom in. This is why we talk about Bible reading is not Bible study. It's time to start looking at this a little bit deeper. Start looking at some some cross references. Start asking Holy Spirit questions. What what, what is this little facet here that I'm zoomed in on now? What is it telling me? What are you you exposing? What are you revealing? Where do I take this in wisdom and and act upon it? What's, What's the understanding that and I'm carrying away from this that I can sharpen those around me with. We, yeah, again, we can't just look at this this single small facet and and say this is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm so I'm so zoomed in on that I, I forget to pull away and and look at the wider view of the kingdom and say, oh my gosh, there's more. Yeah. Oh, oh look, there's more. So much more. <laughs> so much more. Um, I, I want to share a word that that God had given me that I feel like is um, it, it, it really blends in well with what it is that we're talking about. Because here's the deal, you guys, we have not experienced the depths because we refuse to carry the load that God intends for us to carry. Mm. And 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 you're gonna have to and, say that again. We have not experienced the depths of God because we have not carried the load that he has intended for us to carry. We, 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 we look at the feeling of burden and, and, and want to shirk responsibility because we don't like the way that it feels to carry around something that's heavy. The reason we haven't plummeted the depths is because we refuse to carry the weight that God has intended for us to carry. And, and this is huge. We've talked about this for a couple of years now. This the, the burden, those who carry the burden are the ones who are capable of walking in deeper places. When you shirk responsibility to carry the burden, you will not experience what it is that God is has intended for you to experience. And, and we are, we need to be an experiential people. Is that all there is? No, we, we, we need to be content with, you know, without all the, the um, goosebumps and, and feelings and tears and emotional highs and lows. We, we need to be content with not experiencing all of those things also. And, and knowing that we are, we're solid in Christ, but, um, but God in, Tends for us to experience the more. So I just, I want to read this um, to you. This is what the Lord shared with me. You have shirked responsibility and in so doing have gone without the proper burden and the yoke intended to keep you. You look for high praise for reasonable services 
and fail to lift what I've called you to shoulder. You've grown content in the shallows for fear of drowning in the deep. I am a complex God, multifaceted, and I am hungry for my people to know me in the deep. You've not grown properly in your ways of getting by. You've looked but never carried the full weight of responsibility. How then do you anticipate bearing the burden of my glory? I've given you people to lead, and yet you were led. I've given you reign, and you delegated. Your bodies crumble under the weight of the despair of disappointment, an anointing released from the disobedient. Your relationships are in turmoil because you've not carried your burden well. You have complaints rising up against your brother, your sister, because you have no grid of the experience of being a heavy lifter. You've hired out your call and wonder why your destiny is in shadows. Your obedience releases the light that carves out the details. So why do you fear? I have shown you, O oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee. Micah 6, 8. Make a decision to pick up the load you left along the way to become one who has weight to throw around in my realms. And if you've been in any kind of position of authority, you understand what this word is talking about. I think so often we pick up the burden because we get excited about the authority that is being offered us. But then we get uncomfortable in that authority and we throw it off and still expect the same level of experience had we left the burden, the weight on in the first place. We are incapable of understanding one another because we have shirked responsibility. And that line about wanting high praise for reasonable service, this is us. We're expecting high praise for things that God considers reasonable service. We are in a mess because we refuse to carry the burden. We refuse to allow the Lord to yoke us. He didn't say no yoke. He didn't say no burden. Just said light and easy. You have not trusted that the Lord has made a way for you to walk with the weight of the authority that he has intended for you to carry. We will not experience the sevenfold spirits of God if we refuse to carry the weight, the burden of the Lord that he has intended for us. It's what will plummet us into the depths that God is inviting us into. Right now, we're too buoyant. We're too airy. We're full of, of head knowledge, but have refused to carry the weight that will actually plummet us into the depths. I think we have to remember too that carrying the burden doesn't mean you're without boundaries set by God as well. We we have to we would have to point that out because there's always going to be some boundaries that He sets as you, as you grow in, in that. 
obviously those those boundaries get much wider but it's just one of those things that i i feel like we forget too like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna pick this up and i'm carrying this burden but forget the boundaries that god has set as well mm-hmm. even when we do pick it up and, and i also i know that that some people may see this as as kind of splitting hairs but when we talk about carrying the burden, there is both responsibility and authority there. And, and when I think about this, it, it, it takes me back to my days in the army when, when I'm given a mission or something to go accomplish, I've been given the, uh, the authority to go do this thing. And there is also responsibility that is inherent in that to, to see this thing to completion. Now, I may have people that work for me that I may offer authority to go do certain aspects of this. If they fail though, the responsibility is not theirs to shoulder. It still rests with me. Right. You can delegate your authority to go make something happen, but you cannot delegate your responsibility that has been put on you. And, and I think this is where we want to shirk it off. And we think that we can delegate God says, you're responsible for this. This is yours. Go make it happen here. I've given you the, the, the people, the resources, the tools to make this happen. Do so. The responsibility still rests on you, even as you delegate authority for people to go out and do things. There is still that that is there. And you cannot shirk this. You cannot throw off the responsibility in the burden. If you do, you've you've removed the burden from yourself and you know no longer wish to be used. And, and so I, I know some people may see that that distinction between res- responsibility and, and authority as, as, well, maybe, maybe not, but this is, this is how I'm viewing it. And so um, I just want to make sure that we understand that, that this is something that like you're talking about, we have, we have shirked, we have not carried well, and, and it says in that word that you've hired out your call. This is exactly what it is, is seen and, and creates a huge mess because we want to, we want somebody else to do it. We want this easy life. Like um, we are going to sit around and God is going to do everything. And we have no part to play, no partnership with, with what it is he's releasing in terms of like this word that you just released to us. Are we going to partner with that? Are we going to look at this and say, ouch, that hurts. It cuts deep. But okay, I, I hear this. And and uh, I'm going to repent, have that transformation take place and move forward. Move away from compromise. Move away from, from tolerating sin. Move away from hiring out my call and actually taking it back on and, and shouldering this thing and saying, I'm going to own this. I'm going to see the responsibility and I'm going to fulfill this. And and take care of it. We cannot continue to to shirk responsibility and and not carry the burden that has been given to us appropriately. This is ours to steward. When God gives us something, it is it's, it's ours, and, and and we should we should be thankful for that. Like, you know, trust He trusts me to do this thing, and trust you know for us as humans is a tricky thing. We want people to earn our trust. How on earth does somebody earn your trust if you don't first give it to them? I, I mean, trust is one of these things that, I, I, and I know people disagree with me on this as well, that no one can earn your trust. They can only maintain it. 
they can only continue to do things to maintain the trust that you've given. Yeah. Because there, there's nothing that I see that anybody can do that I would say is is earning of my trust if I don't first give them the trust to, to start. Yeah. Um, and so it's a tricky thing, but God, he trusts us to, to complete the missions that he's given us. And, and we have that responsibility that we cannot pass off to somebody else. If we want to take that responsibility off of us, the burden is off of us and, and you no longer carry the same authority that you did before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, we, so what do we do? I think that's the, that's the question on the back side. So what do we do? Uh, you have to one, allow Holy Spirit to be your tour guide in, in all things that relate to, um, to the call of God on your life. You have to ask Holy Spirit, will you please step and show me where I dropped the ball? And, and I, I believe that um, this is multifaceted. Also, I think that there's different levels of where we've dropped the ball. I think that we could start within um, our relationship with God. Number one, start there, then, then move out. What, where have you, where have you dropped the, the burden that the Lord intended for you to carry concerning your family? Where have you shirked responsibility within your own family and, and excused your responsibility thinking that everything would just turn out okay? Um, and then you can move out from there. And, and what, what, do your, what does your community look like? You know, is, is it in, in good shape? Or have you dropped a load there also? Have you dropped a, a burden that the Lord intended you for you to carry? The responsibility. There is responsibility within community. If you think that your only role is to show up and be party to the, the collection of numbers, you have really missed it. You've missed the point. There is a burden that everybody carries into community life. If you are not pulling your weight, you are dead weight. And you might as well just not show up because really you're, you're, you're acting as an anchor. You're, you're creating an undertow and, and creating a lag in what it is that, that your community is called to do. So don't be dead weight, show up and know what your role is there and, and carry your responsibility. Well, maybe you need to move into your career, your, um, your professional life, if you will, and um, what responsibility did, did you lay down and not carry well? The, the, the wonderful thing about moving with the spirit is we have never moved beyond time for reconciling. We can always move forward and backward on a timeline to be able to go back and, and, and own responsibility in a moment. And, and the beautiful thing about God is that he quickens things. He accelerates things and allows for us to quickly learn what we should have learned by carrying the responsibility all of those years so that we can better understand authority and, and we can get moving into the, the deeper things with God. So allow Holy Spirit to, to be your tour guide and to show you, you know, where you have shirked responsibility, where you have um, refused to carry what it is that God intended for you to carry. That, that's something we need to take hold of is, is yeah, you can in fact time travel here. <laughs> 
go back and forth. Uh, yeah. It, because re repentance is there. And we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. And people need to understand that um, just because someone messes up doesn't mean that they need to be shunned. Yeah. This is, this is one of those um, arguments also that, that is, is there under the surface without being argued about because we don't want to look like we are excusing sin. Uh, but there, there is that, that restoration process that's taking place that is, is hard for some people to, to understand because they want to hold on to grievance. They want to hold on to offense and, and that is going to compromise community like what you were just talking about. As you start to move out and start to examine these things, where are we compromising community? Yeah. Yeah. Where are we what? compromising in any facet of life? Yeah. It, it's a necessary conversation to have with God. Where, where am I compromising? Where, where am I tolerating? And, and you have called me not to. And, um, you know, it, we have found ourselves as the church, the Western church in compromise, in serious compromise. And, and we've got to pull it together. Now, for, for the sake of those behind us, we have got to pull it together. We, we need to we need to take seriously the, the Micah 6 verses where, you know, it says, I have shown you, I've shown you. What is good? Now walk in it. He has shown us. We, and I love that that you said at the the beginning, is that that we have the vast studies that have been done on Scripture. We have all the commentaries that 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 people have poured over, and yet we find ourselves in a position of compromise. And I just don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be party to the compromise anymore. And, and I think oneness is a key in that. And, and oneness is going to require accountability. We have to be willing to hold each other accountable to the call that is on each our lives collectively we have to know we have to know we have to know what am i called to do can you spew it out at any given moment what is angie called to do what is vince called to do what is tabitha called to do what is sandy called to do can i have intimate knowledge of what it is that the lord has called you to do and hold your toes to the fire mm -hmm. that's that's the call on community right now and, and all the talk about, of it all looking like family around the table. You know, it was two years ago that God said to us, I am resurrecting the dining room table. And we were so slow to gather around it. Why do we think that, that God's word can so easily be dismissed or delayed? By my estimate, we're about 18 months behind the curve. <laughs> We're just, we're really slow 
at, at adjusting to and chasing down. We think we're really good at it, but the truth is we're only good at the parts that we enjoy. Gathering around the dining room table, resurrecting the dining room table is a chore. It's a chore. And honestly, can I be very honest with you? It's a responsibility I would prefer to shirk. <laughs> That's honest. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. We we have sat around the table more in the last few months than than we have probably in the last few years. And, and so, you know, it's, it, it, it's not something that I delight in, but I'm learning too, because the Lord delights in it. And this is where accountability is going to come in because we cannot have intimate knowledge of one another when, when our churches are set up the way that they are, when we have the, the platform person talking at the people in the room that is not conducive for accountability and it's not conducive for intimacy, but right. the table is. Are we willing to hold each other accountable? I think that that's the big, that's the big question. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is an excellent, excellent question that we need to be answering. And I think uh, the the part two on that is, you know, are we willing to fight for one another? Mm-hmm. Are we willing to, uh, you, you had said something about, um, you know, knowing what is coming at people spiritually, you know, do you know what the people in your lives are dealing with or are you adding to it? Are you piling it on? Are you partnering with the attack? Or are you fighting on behalf because you know what that person is called to? The only reason we pile on is because we've shirked responsibility and we have no grid for what it is that that person is carrying. Hmm. That's good. I have one last scripture I want to share. Do it. Ephesians 3, starting in verse 8, uh, says to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This is a a high calling that we have to in oneness together as the church to make known the manifold wisdom of God. And we can't do that in, in compromise. We can't do that if we are shirking our responsibility. We have to, we have to be accountable to one another if if this is going to happen, if we are going to make disciples of the nations. Yeah. Yep. Bottom line. Bottom line. We pray for us. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we had this morning to to have this conversation, to 
to listen to what it is that you wanted to release over us about responsibility, about, about not shirking responsibility. And on behalf of all of us right now, Lord, I repent yeah. of, of shirking responsibility, of, of putting down what it is that you have, have handed to us, the opportunity that you've laid out before us. Thank you, Jesus. Father, let us step in to, to the access that we have to you, to your spirit. Let us not just look to the person on the platform. Let us, let us just dive right in fully into who you have made us to be. And to go after the gifts that you've given us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, thanks for joining us this morning. And and I bless, I bless you as you partner with Holy Spirit to find those areas where where you have laid down what it is that God has intended for you to carry. And um, and I'll be thinking, be thinking of you and praying for you as you move about. Love you so much.